Now, uh, today is the Super Bowl. I'm happy about that, but I'm a little sad that the Eagles aren't participating. Maybe it's because you had, y'all all didn't pray enough for us, but nevertheless, uh, man. But nevertheless, the Chiefs are facing off against the 49ers. And this is going to be, let me tell you, one of the most anticipated and watched games throughout the year. But what you might not know is between January 1st and Valentine's Day, there's another Super Bowl that's going on. And this Super Bowl is called the Dating Super Bowl, where many people are sprucing up their online profiles, they're dusting off their dating apps, they're swiping with a purpose. And what Tinder tells us, which is an app that is commonly used, is that messages between January 1st and Valentine's Day increased by 22% during this year. This is shoot your shot season, apparently. And on top of that, replies are, being, are happening some 20 minutes faster. And get this, there are 58.7 million more messages sent in this season during any other in the year. This tells us, so the data confirms what many of you already know, right? That people are looking for love. They're looking for a boo. In fact, the Thriving Center of Psychology says that 83% of millennials and Gen Z desire to be married. There was an article written in The Hill recently that said 80% of Americans will tie the knot by the time they're 40, by the time they're 40 years older. And if you combine that with cohabitating, it gets up to close to 90%. People want love, let's be honest. We want to be seen and we want to know that we're valued and treasured. But the thing that holds many of us back is fear. It's fear. There's a lot of fear around dating. There's fear of divorce. Many of us are nervous about marrying the wrong person, apparently. Uh, there's fear. That's why marriages have been pushed back or delayed so lately, because some of us are nervous about compromising our financial goals. We have a, a fear of commitment. We're fearful of making a mistake. We're fearful that we're missing out in the world of dating. But let me just say this to you, friends. One of the things we want to do is help remove the fear out of the dating equation. We want to remove that, right? And so today we're kicking off a new sermon collection called Love Handles, helping you get a grip on your relationships. And, and I want to relieve you of the pressure and the fear that many of us have so that you can navigate your relationship journey with confidence. So what I want to do over the next few weeks is I want to talk about the four relational stages that each of us finds ourselves in right now. The four relational stages. Here they are. You can write these down. First, singleness represents devotion. Dating is evaluation. Engagement is union. And married is mission. Does that make sense? So each of us find ourselves in one of four of these places. Whether you're newly divorced and looking for love, your singleness may look different than it did when you were 20, but you're still in that category, if you will. And so today, so next week, I've got a great speaker coming in. He's going to talk all about the beauty of singleness and, and dispel some of the myths about singleness. Today, I want to talk about dating. Is that all right? Can I do that? No? You might be saying, well, Pastor, you've been married for 15 years. I have, but I've been single longer than I've been married. Amen, somebody. And most of the things that you know about singleness are from a Bible, and it's written by a person named Paul who was single all of his life. 
And so what I want to do is jump into this dating thing, okay? Now, anytime dating is brought up in a local church, let's be honest, it mixes or brings about a slew of emotions, does it not? For some of you, it brings about uh, an enjoyable, a positive experience because maybe you're married or engaged right now and you're thinking about how in your, when you were dating, how it just conjures up these feelings of satisfaction and joy. You were like, oh, I remember we were dating. Wasn't it such a cute stage? That's some of you. But for others of you, it's agony. Let's be honest, because you harbor a lot of relational pain because you feel like you have given some of the best years of your life to people that did not deserve it and did not appreciate it. For others of you, you're just like, you're not even, it's not even agonizing at this point. You're just frustrated because you've been on 50 first dates at this point. And you are tired of answering the same questions over and over and over again. What do you do for a living? What do you do for a hobby? I'm busy. Do you like to travel? No, because nobody likes to travel, right? No, no, I don't like a Caribbean. I don't like to go to the Caribbean at all. What do you do as a hobby? Oh, I sleep because I'm tired. I'm busy. <laughs> do you have any siblings? Yes, but I don't want to talk about them every day. Like you're getting worn out. Let's be, can I get some honesty in the building? Anybody tired of that? And so for some of you, it's been a good experience. But for others, let's be honest, it's been something we call a dumpster fire. A dumpster fire of confusion, miscommunication, and hurt feelings. But many of us are willing, are we not, to do hopscotch in the landmine of the dating world because we want to be loved. And irrespective of the challenges, we're hoping that it's going to pay off for a long-term relationship. And so what I hope to do is bring some clarity around the dating process. And you don't have to call me pastor today. You can call me Dr. Love because I'm going to help you. No, I don't mean that in a pretentious way. Let me just, hold on, hold on. I thought I could say that and y'all wouldn't look at me funny. My friend Marcus over there acting crazy. Anyway, anyway. All right. All right, I want to answer these four questions. Are you ready? Number one. Hold on. I lost my place. Here we go. No, no. Lost my place again. There we go. Here's the first one. What is dating? What is dating? You can put the slide up. Who should you date? What should you look for when you date? And how do you date? Okay, let me go over those. Let me go over those again. Uh, what is dating? Who should you date? What you should look for when you date, how do you date? Now, somebody might say, well, pastor, I'm married right now. Why is this sermon applicable? Uh, because number one, if you have kids, you're going to have to help them. That's number one. Number two, we are an equipping church. So we give you the tools that you need to help navigate others. Everything is not a word individually customized for you. Can I just say, can I say that? Was that too spicy? All right. So I want you to help somebody today. All right. Let's, let's start with this. Why do I keep losing my place? What is dating? What is dating? Now, I looked this up. Dating can mean anything nowadays. What's, like, it can mean anything. It's like a catch-all phrase that can, that can talk about casual hookups all the way to committed relationships. And you can be in a committed relationship and still date people. I, 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 don't, I don't know, guys. I'm, maybe I'm old. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. But it can be serious or it can be casual. It can be monogamous or it can be open. It can be short-term or it can be long-term. If you ask 10 different people what dating was, you would more than likely get 10 different definitions. 
And so what I think we have to do is remove from this the shroud of confusion about what dating is and what it exists to do. So let me give you this definition. Dating is not a, you can put it up, dating is not a status to dwell in, but a process to move through. It's a series of actions, somebody say actions, that leads to a particular end. You're discerning whether or not we are meant to marry a specific person. Leave it up because they're taking pictures. Dating exists for evaluation. Somebody say evaluation. There's two people connecting together, and you are evaluating whether that person is a suitable partner for you. That's what it is. Every date, every chat, every moment is you assessing and evaluating. You're evaluating whether you want to spend your life with that particular person. Fellas, (laughs) Proverbs 25 Verse 24 says this, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Uh, It is better to live in the corner of a roof than in a house shared with Canelo Alvarez. I mean, a contentious woman. King James Version says a brawling woman, brawling woman. Do you think this was written by a married man that's that's sitting nervously on the corner rooftop of his house? No. This is a single man that is assessing or evaluating whether he wants to marry this contentious woman, right? Here's the question. Is she competitive? Is she constantly arguing with her roommates? Uh, uh, There should be, if you marry her, there will be no peace. It's evaluation. Ladies, can I talk to you? A few verses later, in Proverbs 25, verse 28, look what it says. It says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Put that verse up for me. Let me read that again. Let me read it again. A man, somebody say a man, without self-control. is like a city broken into and left without walls. (laughs) Does he have a temper? God didn't create me to be monogamous. No, he gave you something called self-control. You ain't different than anyone else. You can be monogamous. You just don't want to. That's what it, no, that's another sermon for another day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is he pressuring you for sex? Is he a bully? Well, guess what? Don't marry him because you're evaluating them in the dating process. You're evaluating to figure out because you think you're building a home when you're actually destroying your home. Evaluation, right? You need to evaluate, listen, You do this over time, and you don't have to do this the first date, but you need to ask the question, are they selfish or giving? How do they handle their emotion? What's their relationship like with their parents or siblings? Uh, Regarding money, do you have it? What do you do with it? Do you want to make more of it? Are you going to treat our marriage like a joint venture or an actual marriage where we combine resources? Preacher Ernest Grant. I'll talk about that in a few weeks. Don't worry. You got to ask these questions. Uh, Let's talk about kids. Do you have them? Do you like kids? Do you want kids? What are we? Do you hope to progress into something more? 
Or do you want me to stay in a position where, like, like, what are we doing? These are questions that you have to ask over time. Maybe it's not appropriate to do it first date, but listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me right now. Listen, listen, listen. If we're assessing whether we're going to spend our lives with this person, then everything is on the table. We're going to talk about it all. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. Now, that's number one. Now, let me, that's what is dating. Let's start with who should you date? Who should you date? Now, you got to put that slide up for me. Who should you date? Now, when we, that's good. Now, when we typically think about dating, a lot of us have some checklists. Oh, man, she, he got to be six foot, whatever. Your daddy wasn't six foot. Your mom liked him. He wasn't. Got all these high, oftentimes unbiblical standards. I'm not saying, I'll talk about physical attraction in a second, but sometimes we just have some unreal, he got to make, he got to be six foot, and he got to make $150,000. You know what percentage of men make that? We, how about we start at 50 and we can work together and increase our income together? Can we, I mean, God, I got potential, right? But here's the thing, that's right, that's right. He, oh, he, five foot what? Let me tell you something, some of y'all ladies missing out. Missing out on the short kings, boy. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Sarah got her one. Short king, boy. Come on. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm going to go to Turkey and get the surgery, the lengthening surgery. I'll be like 6'8". What was I talking about? Y'all distracted me. Oh, character. Character. Okay, let's, let, let's start with character. Who are they when people are not looking? A lot of us are worried about reputation, who other, are, who other people are when they're looking. Who are, who are they, right? Character. Let's start with this. The four, we got three points of character. Number one, they have, need to, you need to have the same allegiance. Somebody say same allegiance. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What does this mean? What does this mean? Because I know that sounds harsh. You're like, oh, that's things, pastor. Let me just explain. A yoke was an instrument that you would put on two animals if they were, they were plowing the field together. It was like a wooden bar that you laid across their back so that they could travel side to side while they were plowing or doing some work. And what Moses was saying when he wrote this in Deuteronomy was, hey, you don't want to put two animals together and have them plow the field together because they're two different animals and they will go in different directions. They will ultimately not get to the goal together. Why? Because they have two different wirings. They're created differently. They are meant to do different things. So what Paul does in this verse is he applies this logic to romantic relationships. And he's saying that if you are a follower of Jesus, which is a beautiful thing, and we love our neighbors that, are, that don't know Jesus just yet, which is fine, but you should not marry or date someone else that's not going in the same spiritual direction. A lot of us date people hoping that we're going to change them. That's idolatry. You're not a little Jesus. Repent right now. You can't change them. You can't. Only the Holy Ghost can change them. You can, they can do some behavioral modification for you. They'll change the way they act in the interim. Let me, that's not discernment today. Let me, just go, let me just go on. Now, that's not to say that we don't love our neighbors. It's not to say that we don't interact with people from other faiths. We should, and we, are, and we hardly should. But for romantic relationships, people who are followers of Jesus should date others or marry other followers of Jesus because otherwise there will be two different allegiances. 
Listen, variety is good. Sarah likes to run. I like to go lift the weights. But listen, if it's a significant course determining factor, you want to agree on as much as possible. You want to agree on marriage. You want to agree on kids. You want to agree on in-laws or, or a bunch of other stuff. And you should agree on religion. You need to know what do they believe about the origin of man? What do they believe about sexuality? What do they believe about what happens when you pass away, right? Do they pray to the universe or do they pray to Jesus? These are, these are questions you should ask. Well, Pastor, I feel like that's heady and theological. Listen, what someone believes about God dictates how they live their life. And so you should have some compatibility there, right? Uh, you want somebody that's committed to the Father in heaven. You want someone that is understanding of why he sent his son Jesus and the importance of having the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that. They need to know minimally what is the gospel. What, if you say that I'm saved, what am I saved from? And you can tell them you're saved from the wrath of God. The punishment of your sin, you're, 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 you're saved from a myriad of things. But Jesus became a volunteer to take away those penalties and put them on himself so you wouldn't have to experience them. You can tell, you can have conversations about that. Somebody say amen. You also should have the same pace. The same pace. Maybe I should say this. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Just because the both of y'all love God don't mean you should be together. The presence of Jesus in your life does not determine whether you have relational chemistry. Okay, just wanted to say that, because I, I don't think I'm going to say that the rest of the sermon, so. Right, that's good. All right, all right. Uh, what am I saying? Same pace. Um, listen, we are all, for those who have put faith in Jesus, and if you haven't, we would love to talk to you more about that. Uh, for those who put, you put faith in Christ, you are all a part of the family of God. But Christianity, in some ways, is like a marathon. Because there are some people that are running at a different intensity than others. When you have a marathon, you have some that cross the marathon in three hours and some like me that would do it in 48 hours. Right? And so if, you're, if your goal, let's just say you're, you're ambitious and you're like, I want to take the gospel to the world. I want to be a missionary to Algeria. Great. We celebrate church and support you. But if the person you're evaluating wants to be in a church for 20 to 30 years, building deep community, both of them are great, but you're probably moving with a different intensity. So you should probably consider whether you want to evaluate that or not, okay? Uh, here's the third one. Same stage of life. Same stage of life. Amos says this, can two walk together without agreeing to meet. In other words, in order for us to work together sometime, it helps when we're in the same stage of life. It's odd to me at times. No, I'm not going to say that. But let me say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. This is a good segue. The comedian Monique just sat down with Shannon Sharp to do a podcast on Club Shay Shay. Don't, don't worry. I got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Club Shay Shay. She said a lot of things, but she said one thing that I thought was very, very critical. She challenged Uncle Shannon on dating someone that was age appropriate. He said, Uncle Shay, you got five kids. You're not looking to have any other kids. Why would you go marry at 50 a 26-year-old 
that wants to have a life. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, hear me out. I'm not saying that's definitive. I'm not saying you can't date outside of your age range. What I am saying as a mean, use your wisdom. Use your wisdom. And so what I think he's saying, it's not a hard and fast rule, but if you're older and you, desire, you don't want any more kids and it's done and she's younger, you should have a conversation about that when you're dating. Maybe you will find that it's appropriate for you in the life that you're living. Pre-adventure, you both are following God and trying to do a godly. But if not, there needs to be a conversation about that. Are y'all with me? Y'all got quiet on that point. It's okay. You were amen. You're like, yeah, pastor. Greatest sermon ever. Date somebody age appropriate. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, the, the things that go through my mind up here is just. All right. Here we go. What should you look for when you date? What should you look for? You're looking for something called compatibility. Compatibility. There should, you should get along with one another. There should be a natural ease of understanding and interaction. It doesn't mean you're going to agree on everything, but the person that you're looking for is going to balance out your weaknesses and complement your strengths. They're, they're, they're going to have, so you can have a harmonious relationship dynamic. Here are the three areas where you need to have compatibility. Here's the first one, theological compatibility. We kind of just talked about this. Theology is the study of God. I don't want to get too deep on this, but you need to know what they believe about human life, sinfulness, Jesus. But it's not just that. It can also be the expression of worship. Do they like coming into a church where the lights, where it's, where it's loud? And it's smoke and it's lights, camera, and action? Or do they want more of a contemplative expression? Because every church is not meant for every person. It's not. We, the reason that we plant and start so many churches is because there are different type of people and different type of people are attracted to other type of churches. Right? And so you need to have these conversations. Are they more contemplative when they pray? Or do they pray and lay hands on you and, and pray loud like what goes on in my house? Sarah is the contemplative one with the journal, and I'm the loud yeller. No, I'm just playing. Other way around. Other way, other way. But it's great, though. It's great. I get stretched to, to do things. All right. So it's theological compatibility. Here's the second one. Someone say social compatibility. You know, I don't know if you know this, but when you get married, you are just not having sex all the time. I don't know if you know that. A lot of what you do in marriage is just hanging out with one another. It's just hanging out. It's riding in the car. It's eating meals. It's talking about your likes or dislikes or watching shows and laying in the bed before you fall asleep, cuddling for three minutes, then you get hot and roll over. That's what marriage is. Let's spoon for a little bit, babe. Ah, that's it. That's it. I'm a short king, so I, uh, we got a king-size bed. I can't even find Sarah in the bed. I'd be like, I'd be like, well, praise God. I guess I got some room tonight. But that's what a lot of it is. It's like watching TV, hanging out. Do, do you like talking to the other person? Do you like to talk to them? Do you like to hang? Do you enjoy their conversation? Right now, there's certain things like they might like camping and you hate it and you want to have a conversation like that's fine. But you got to actually like being with the person. 
sharing your dreams and aspirations without, the, without believing that they're going to trample upon you. Are y'all hearing me? Social compatibility. Here's the third one. Physical compatibility. Are you attracted to them? Well, pastor, looks don't matter. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Don't let anybody lie to you. They do. Song of Solomon 1.5, let him kiss me mm, with the kisses of his mouth, for his love is better than wine. When that young lady saw that, man, she, she, she's not, she, hold on, hold on, let me, get, let me get my words together. Let me gather myself. She, her physical attraction came out in the poetic words of the prose. Amen, somebody. When Adam saw Eve, he looked at her, he said, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. All my people get down like what? <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. That's DMX. It's DMX. Earl Simmons. No, no, he looked at it. He said, uh, he said, this is flesh of my flesh. Therefore, shall a man be. Come on, guys, come on. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on back in. Y'all playing. Y'all playing today. Come on. Come on back. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Physical attraction is important, but you don't build your whole relationship on it. Because the author of Proverbs, verse 31, says, beauty is fleeting. Character stays, beauty fades. So what matters is the internal beauty. Because they, people change over time. You could be a 10 when you're 25 and a 4.8 when you're 30. It's just what happens. It's okay. Some of y'all are like, no, it ain't okay. <laughs> I'm getting lip filler, Botox, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing it all. All right, y'all got that. All right, let me tell you how you should date, then I'm going to take my seat, okay? How you should date. I told you you're going to get fed with a water hose today. Here, here, okay, now, let me be honest. When I talk to my singles, what I'm taken back by is the reason that there's so much confusion or confusion Confusion around dating is because it's not a process. There's no organization oftentimes. So let me give you five things that you need to do in this process. Here's the first one. You need to do it prayerfully. Somebody say prayerfully. I know this goes without saying, but you need to invite God into the process of dating so that you can rest in his love, so you can remove desperation out of the equation. There is so much fear around dating, friends. There's fear of rejection, fear of vulnerability, fear of being alone. But this is what it says in 1 Peter 5, 7. We cast our anxiety on him because he cares for us. This is not just in the regular life. This is also in your dating life. You submit your actions to him because he is strong enough to take on your fears. So number one, you do it prayerfully. Secondly, you do it with clarity. Somebody say clarity. Let's say you meet one of your friends at brunch and someone is there, you know, and they want to get to know you a little bit better. What should you do? First, initiate with clarity for God's sake. Please initiate with clarity. This does not mean that you uh, have full disclosure. I'm not saying that you tell them everything that's on your mind, right? I'm not saying that. But here's what I'm, I'm reading this book and I've read a number of polls and this is what they say. Be clear about your intentions when you're onboarding. Okay? Um, women, apparently... Ladies, y'all can confirm this. Want to be asked out in person, not simply through text or call, right? That's number one. Apparently, I read this poll, 
They don't want you to call it hanging out because there is no clarity around. What does that mean? What, you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, pastor, a date sounds too formal. I would rather lean on the side of clarity so they understand your intention when you're dating. Does that make sense? Right? If it's going well, let's say you go on a date and it goes really well. You can say something like, hey, I had fun. I would love to call you again so we can do this again. Clarity so that person knows where they're standing in the process. Are y'all listening to me? Be honest with where you are. If you can say something like, hey, it's going well. Um, and if it's continuing to go well, then this is getting serious. Hey, it's going well. Uh, I'm not trying to put a ring on it in six months, but I'm really, really interested in getting to know you a little bit more. Clarity. So the person, y'all like, well, Pastor, we don't talk like that. that that's why your dating life is like that. That's why your dating life is like that. Because they don't know which, they don't know your next move. They don't know what's going on. There needs to be clarity on onboarding, clarity in the middle, and then clarity if the relationship ain't working out. Create some on offboards. Let me just tell you, stop ghosting people. That's so unloving and so unkind. Where you, who taught you that? Who taught you that? Where, where you learn that from? Stop being influenced so much by the culture and hurting people. Somebody ghosts you, you ghost somebody. That's not it. You know what you do? Give some, off, give some offboarding. Hey, I think you're a great guy, but I don't feel like this is going anywhere. Thank you. Save me another date. I could use this Shake Shack money somewhere else. You'd be like, you don't take no woman out to Shake Shack. <laughs> Who don't? Who don't? We just jumped out of a money series. That let them know, hey, listen, my budget for the month for this category is $100. I've already expended it. Can we go out for coffee first? And then I promise you, if it goes well, we'll... But boom, clarity. Preacher Ernest Cleo Grant. I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> I'm really glad you're laughing. So you need clarity with your intention when you date. Clarity while you date. And if it's not working and you're off-boarding, you're like, this ain't working. Clarity with regard to a conversation about that so they know where they're at during every step of the process. Are y'all hearing me? Clarity. Here's the third one. Purity. Mm. Oh, pastor, did you know my body is a means of self-expression? Oh, it's not. Oh, pastor, don't you know that copulating and having sex is the fullest expression of my humanity? No, it's not. Animals have sex. It's, it's not. Well, pastor, isn't it, it's, isn't it super important that I enjoy this? L listen to me. Listen to me introducing sex into the evaluation process is one of the worst things you can do. You will sabotage it. You will sabotage it. How do I know? Because according to some anthropologists, when you introduce sex into an evaluation process, you release chemicals like dopamine and oxytocin. If you don't know about them, they, are, they lead to attachment or romantic love. So what it does is, yeah, amen, it hinders your process to evaluate because you are drunk off the hormones of your own body. You ignore red flags because, oh, I can't say that. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me come gather. Let me get gathered. Uh, because your judgment is clouded. 
because you are engaging in cloud judging activities. Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen, pastor. Amen. We got children in this place. Hey, shout out. That's my tongues. Tried it out. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is good. Because when the buzz wears off, when that honeymoon stage is over, you'll be like, what in the world did I get involved with in the first place? Okay? Here, here's, the band can come. We also need to do it with community. Somebody say community. I'm all for dating apps. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. Primarily because we don't have third spaces anymore. People are working and they're going right back to their houses typically. Their third space is online at this point. Can we agree on that? Right? But, but here's the thing. You need to invite people into the process. Proverbs 11:14 says this. Here it is. Where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. I'm all for you dating online, but you need to integrate some voices into the process because dating can be equally intoxicating or distorting. Oh, I didn't think you were going to say admit to that. It's okay. It's okay. Get you somebody that you trust that can say, nah, bro, that's not a yellow flag. That's a red flag. In fact, that, red, that flag so red is crimson. It's a crimson flag. Nah, you, no, invite people into the process that you trust that, that have your best interest in mind. And then on top of that, stop trying to go on your little dates by yourself. Go in public places. Amen. Amen. I, I, I'm, it was a couple here the other day. They was like, Pastor, this is our second date. I was like, you came to date? You came to church on your date? I was like, that's great. I was, I was enthused because you have to get people around you that can speak into the process and that can identify whether this is a wolf or whether it's somebody that really cares about you. Is this a lying, conniving manipulator on one end? Or is this someone who is repenting, trying to follow Jesus, and just needs a little bit of guidance? Somebody of the same sex particularly can tell if that's the case almost instantaneously. Are y'all hearing me? So bring them into the process and stop sabotaging yourself with, with trying to do things on your own. That ain't working for you because God created you for community, not for you to participate in dating by yourself. You can't see everything that needs to be seen. Therefore, it's important, and I'm encouraging you to do this in community. Are y'all hearing me today? And I'm done on this one. You need to do so patiently. Somebody say patiently. Put it together. Patiently. Some of us, ooh, we just move a little fast in these relationships. You just met them yesterday. They your boo today. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, maybe you might need to check on some of those attachment issues. No, no, hold on. Hold on. I'm not coming for you. I love you. Dr. Love, I love you. But what I'm saying, I'm saying, I probably should have added this as another point. But is this the right time for you to date? Is this the right time? Have you done the internal work post-breakup? Have you, are you seeing other people right now as just a means of satisfying your physical desires? Where you treat them like they're a buffet as opposed to a real person. 
Like what I'm saying is some of us need to go through this process, but we need to ask, am I ready to date this person? But here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing. Whether you are or you aren't, the best step that you can take in your relationships is by coming to know Jesus. Because while you're evaluating other people to say, to determine whether you're suitable for marriage, Jesus has already evaluated each and every one of us. He recognizes that we are sinful, shameful, that we have done all type of things that are against the holiness of God. We don't meet his standards. But rather than him getting rid of us and casting us out and not wanting to spend time with us, he's like, you know what? I'm going to become a volunteer, leave my palatial estate in heaven. I'm going to become a man. I'm going to die on the cross and I'm going to experience their penalty on my behalf. And I'm going to use my victory to cover up all the things that they've done wrong. It's the beautiful thing. Whereas you should evaluate somebody, you should know that Jesus evaluated you. And even though we are unworthy to be in relationship with him, because he loves us so much, he said, don't worry, I'll go to the cross for you. Don't worry, I'll take those pierced hands and impaled side and nail pierced feet and lacerated back and abrasions to my forehead. Why? Because I love you and I want you to be a part of my family and then when you're a part of my family, I'm going to endow you with purpose and I'm going to be with you from now until the end of eternity. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus. And so listen, friends, as we kick off this sermon collection, my hope is that you got a lot of information today and that you learned, but the best step that you can take in this relational process is coming to Christ. Is to stop doing it on your own. And maybe you've been dating us for a while at Accelerate Church. <laughs> Welcome to the cookout. We happy you're here. It was a comedy show today. It's not always. Sarah told me to be nice, so I'm nice. So I should be nice. This is me being nice. If you've been dating us for a while, listen, why don't you take some next steps with it at the growth track? Learn your skill. Learn the way that God has uniquely wired you so that you can take your next step. Or maybe your next step is to come to Jesus today. Fill out that connect card. Check the box that corresponds to the decision you want to make today. And we would love to get you connected to Christ and connected at ACTV. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your kindness, your grace. That's been expended to us so richly in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, why don't you say amen? 